0: Today's episode of In the Trenches is brought to you by System 12 Guitar Method. Sign up today at lionroxy.com.
1: In the Trenches
0: with Ryan Roxy. Hello, 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 and welcome to another live stream episode of In the Trenches. I am your host, Ryan Roxy, Uh, coming to you from a hotel somewhere in the U.S. of A. Yes, as you Mm -hmm. know, we are on tour with Alice Cooper, Ace Fraley. Uh, We are having a good time. We're, you know, four or five shows into it. It, We're just getting our bearings right now, but uh, we're staying from my iPhone. See, I'm not technologically challenged as much as our producer Vic says I am. No, we've got our microphones. We've got our headphones. We're ready to rock and roll. And if you are not seeing all this, that's because you're listening to us on a audio broadcast, which we love and respect and appreciate you doing, but we'd really like to have you on our YouTube official channel, which is Ryan Roxy Official. And if it's your first time, hit that subscribe button right now, right there. Hit that subscribe button so you can catch all the episodes of In the Trenches and everything we got going. Plus, you could be part of the live chat. The live chat is up and running, and I see a lot of our uh, In the Trenches faithful there. Thank you very much. What do we got in store today? What do we got in store, Vic? Uh, a couple of legends. That's what I'll say, from what could be considered the definition of a revolving supergroup. You know, some of the members have been in of it, out of it, and back in it, you know, including uh, Tommy Clefettis In the Trenches alumni, who's been on the show before. Um, But today, we are proud to have the current lead singer, bassist, and the lead guitarist, not one, not two, of the Dead Daisies, Mr. Glenn Hughes and Doug Aldrich, Welcome to In the Trenches. Thank, Hello, thank you, Ryan. Guys.
1: Nice to see you. Nice to see all of you hey, Ryan. out there.
0: <laughs> How's it going? Well, good. I, I see right off, the, right out of the gate, we are all in hotel rooms somewhere, unless you and uh, uh, Glenn and Doug share an actual house or are actually sitting <laughs> right next to each other in the same bed. <laughs> but we're in different. We're all in different hotel rooms, right somewhere. Yeah, we are. We're, we're in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah you guys dead daisies are on tour you're hitting it and right yep. before we turned on the uh the record button we were talking about what is it like to be out on the road again and when was the last time uh, that you were touring and how does it feel this um, time
1: we did a nine show tour in june july in the usa a okay. warm-up so you've already dipped you your toe in yeah yeah and then we Two, two and a half weeks ago, so this is today's our seventh show.
0: Got it. Got it. Yeah.
2: Well, it was. It, it had been a while. We, you know. Obviously, we we made uh, a record in two thousand nineteen, so we were off for two thousand nineteen, and then we all were off for twenty and some of twenty one. So it's been a while since the last show, but we're really happy to be back out there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Out here. Really happy. Yeah. yeah.
0: So how do you feel the reaction? Because I can, from my personal sense, just having a few shows in, there's almost more energy at the shows with the crowds. Are you guys mm. feeling that? or are you, yeah. Feeling that
1: you Yeah, it's a celebration for everyone. Everyone's celebrating coming back and being in the same room together. It's a remarkable feeling.
0: I love it. I love it. So Dead Daisies, um, we are here to talk about the fifth studio album uh, that you are, have just released. And um, of course it's coming out. It's already out. You have a single called Holy ground. That's already out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk all about that, but what we like to do always when we start the show is go back to get forward. So, so <laughs> By contract, we have to have Gilby Clark's motorcycle uh, sample put on every single show. All right, show. <laughs> love it. <laughs> I think you've. I think one of us, or both of us, or all of us have played with Gilby over the years. Didn't Didn't you play in a band? Are you currently in a band with him now, Glenn? Uh, we are. In
1: Kings of Chaos with Duff and Matt, and Gilby of- and Joe Elliott, and a bunch of other. You know. God. Yeah,
0: yeah. Glenn, you're starting to specialize in super groups. You know, <laughs> you're in Kings of Chaos and Dead Daisy. I mean, would you consider it a supergroup or a revolving sort of collective of well well known musicians? What would what would Dead Daisies be con- the definition for you, Doug? Do you have one?
2: I um, yeah, it's it's like it's not unsimilar to the early Deep Purple where there was there was um, Mark one, two, three. Glenn came in on Mark three and four, and now. The dead daisies, maybe it's mark four or three or four as well. It's kinda of like that. Mm. It's they they called it a um, a roundabout back then, I guess. That's right. Right?
0: A roundabout a round- All right. Was it wasn't that Yes had a song about that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's like so the roundabout. You jump on you jump on the carousel, you contribute some music and you jump off and you can jump back on too. So it's it's kind of interesting. Um but we're really happy with this lineup, so they're gonna, we're going to keep it on the, on the rails
1: for a minute. Yeah, it's a good lineup, Brian. It's, it's certainly fantastic.
0: We have a little bit of Michael DeBar's uh, Wi-Fi issues with uh, Glenn, but that's okay. It's, I can't hear you, bro, sometimes, but I hear the good parts that I just heard. Uh, you heard it from Doug just now. He's been in the band uh, since 2016, I believe. But we got our soundbite already, Doug, that's going to g- explode all over Bla- Blabbermouth. You just said that the dead daisies are uh, deep purple. Just like, you know, when the Beatles compared themselves to Jesus, you just said <laughs> dead daisies were. <laughs>
2: Bring it. Let them, have, let them have fun with that. That's funny.
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, let's go back to Get Forward because uh, we're talking about the dead daisies forming in 2012, but it's gone through a bunch of different... Um, lineup changes. And you said you're happy with this. The current lineup is obviously Doug and Glenn. Glenn's mm-hmm. playing. Um, Glenn is on bass and lead vocals, taking over uh, some of the positions for two of the guys. Uh, because I know that uh, Karabi was singing for, for many years, as well as Marco Mendoza was playing bass. And um, then you have uh, Tommy Clefetus. Uh See, I said his name right, Tommy, if you're listening. I finally said your name right. You did. Uh, <laughs> it's a hard one for me um tommy's playing drums and then you've got uh dave lowry that uh is sort of right there always there center pillar and uh we ask him from down
1: under we call him
0: <laughs> now is he staying at the top of the building at the top of the hotel
1: you no, would I'm, imagine you would imagine <laughs> right?
2: he <laughs> actually in this hotel he's he's down a couple floors for some reason, Are but you serious? He's, <sighs> no, the whole thing is he is the most, he is a very down to earth cat. He's completely really, really a different sort of, um, you know, he's successful in other business and he's, he just, you wouldn't even know it. No. He, when he, when he comes to the gig, he's all
1: about the rock and roll completely.
0: So he's the most down to earth person that, that owns a helipad.
1: He certainly is. Let me tell you,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, um, He's he's a rock and roller fan of rock and roll. He's brought you guys. He's brought all these lineups together throughout the years. He's been on. Uh, you know, he's put together. This is now your fifth studio album that you're that you're coming out with. Um, what what do you think it was that uh, drew his uh, sort of interest in you to get in? And I'll start with you, Doug. Was he a fan of some of your older stuff? Um, whether it was White Snake, your work with Dio, maybe even way back in the old school where we know each other from Hurricane.
2: It definitely wasn't that one.
0: Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> what are you no, talking he, about? <laughs> I mean, to be to be honest, I don't
2: even know if 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 I was on his radar, if I if he knew about me. But his all his bandmates had been in White Snake at some point, and except for Dizzy and, and Richard. And so they had asked me. It was it's so weird how the whole thing you know kind of came together because I had left White I got a I have a I've got a family. I had a little boy. He was four at that time. And I needed to be with them. I just couldn't, you know, keep So I, I left Whitesnake, I was in Vegas doing this gig and I was kind of getting really burned out quickly. And then all of a sudden, Glenn called me and said, hey, I'm doing a solo tour my, my guy Soren's busy. He want, I need somebody I can trust Will you come. So I go, absolutely. And, and um, I went on the road with Glenn, it was great. And then I got a call from the Dead Daisy saying, hey, we, uh, Richard got injured in a motorcycle accident. Can you fill in? and um you, marco you, called me
0: when you say richard you mean richard fortis from guns yeah. and roses currently right
2: yeah okay. so i said well i can't do it I, i'd love to help you guys but i can't do it because um i'm with glenn and we're going to japan and i can't there's no way i can you know back out but then after we were done they called me around christmas time and said richard don't tell anybody but richard and dizzy are going to go back to guns and roses and richard recommended you and and marco and, and tishy and Krabi, I'll know you. I've known those guys. I've known Krabi since high school. And um and David called me and says, Do you wanna you, you wanna come in? We're gonna make a record, make a fresh start. And we talked about, you know, guitars for a couple hours and and I just felt like, yeah, this is gonna be fun. And that's he's got it. some
0: great he's got some great vintage guitars. I've seen the the V that he has that he's played with before, and there's a good shot of you guys in the studio. Um, so one of the things I always say about being in the trenches, as we all have, is that the people you're playing with today will most likely help you pot with your gig tomorrow. And in that case, you and Glenn were on a tour. You got into dead daisies. Did you have something to do with getting Glenn into dead daisies or was that already, did did one door open the other or was it already open?
2: I think maybe they, they, you know, obviously they knew about Glenn from his, from who he is and they also they started to think about you know um which direction they wanted to go in and maybe 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 they thought about hey doug worked with him so that's a plus but they i they called me it was already a a glenn had already i'll let glenn tell the story but it was already done i i i thought glenn was super busy with his um the, the, the deep purple shows that he was doing so i i that's why i didn't think of glenn i was like glenn's busy he's on the road all the time with those guys but Glenn, tell him Glenn,
0: how that. did it go down for um, you? How did that sort of uh, initiation into okay. the Dead Daisies work you? I, I, I
1: was at the NAMM show um, January of 'O19, and I got a message that the Dead Daisies management wanted to speak to me. So I had a phone call with David Edwards, who manages the band, and he asked me if I'd like to take love- with David Lowey and we organized a lunch sometime in March at the Sunset Marquee. I met David and he spoke about if I would like to come and, and mingle and write some songs privately, secretively if you wish. Um, I was just finishing off a my third year of doing the Glenn Hughes performance classic Deep Purple live May of 2019. We were in Michigan and David up to meet me we Met at the Sunset Marquee shortly afterwards and we spoke about getting together and writing some songs and And Doug and I, myself, but uh, Dean Castronovo uh, went into Sunset Sound Recorders in Hollywood, one of my favourite places and came up with three songs and it went fantastic so we went to the south of 19 and made the album called Holy Ground
0: I love it. You know what? Just listening to Glenn tell a story with your accent and everything, it feels like I'm watching a documentary. It always has more <laughs> credibility, doesn't it? Uh, Doug, yeah. we can we can tell as many rock and roll stories as we want, but we're just guys from the US. But when you get right. Glenn and the accent and and, and then 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 the, the sort of pageantry of the, the the small things like Sunset Marquee, you know, Sunset Sound. Those are always yeah. like those are rock and roll yeah. staples. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm Glenn,
2: a, I'm a Glenn look, basically, man. Gl- Glenn basically owns a little
1: po- a portion of the Sunset Marquis. He's probably spent about a couple hundred thousand dollars there. <laughs> right, I've been staying, right. the, well, I live in LA, but I stayed, I've been staying at the Marquis since 1974.
0: Is that your couch? Is that in, when you walk into that little bar, you, do you own that little corner seat of the couch? A little <laughs> bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> A little I was bit. Just of there it. a couple of weeks ago. My buddy lives across the street. Uh, I you love guys that. Probably, you, yeah, you, you probably know him, and you, you probably know all the a lot of the people that show up there because uh-uh. it was just I went there and it was like it is kind of like a cool hangout, you know. It Jerry, is. It, it, Jerry from Alice in Chains was there. Chris Weiss from the Cult was 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 hanging out, and everybody was just you know kind of you know still in that weird space of covid times a little bit distance because we don't you know really know how to interact just yet i mean like that's a, that's what i kind of want to get into real quickly like how are you guys able to uh interact with the fans on this tour as opposed to past uh. tours because we're in a bubble you know, with yes, Alice we and, and, and the way that Alice, we have a COVID coordinator on. I mean, this is kind of the closest we get to, to, to yeah. our fans at we this are, point.
1: How is it for you guys? Ryan, it's it's somewhat difficult, is, is a silly expression, because it's difficult because the fans of the Dead Days are very important to this band. Uh, this band have been interacting with the fans from day one And here we are now on this tour and they're waiting for us and they're out in the audience and they're waiting for us after the show. And it's somewhat difficult because we have to be very strict and careful. Touch anyone. I'm sorry. That's the way it is. Uh, We do our best to do what we can to mingle as best we can, but we can't actually touch you. If you're listening or you're seeing us, please understand we love you dearly and we will see you at the show and do what we can to interact with you
0: it's not that glenn doesn't want to touch you <laughs> he just can't <laughs> that I, 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 we can't
1: if as you know ryan if one of us gets ill no, uh it's all it. it's all over so we, it's we got bubble. a pretty it's, it's strict it's a strict bubble
0: yeah yeah i hey, got it. i want
2: to i, I want to bring that up ryan i'm so i'm so happy that you're doing this big tour together and you guys are being safe without with uh ace and his it's great man because the more of us that, that go through this successfully I think it's it's gonna get better anyways, and that just shows like, hey man, shows happened during a, during the Delta variant, and hopefully, God willing, we we can make it through.
0: No yeah, it's, no it's, it's
1: all about we we gotta help each other heal here.
0: Yeah, you know you know one thing I I will say about Doug though that I've always always even since back in the hurricane days, and then then about what ten years ago we met at Sweden Rock because I'm up living up in Sweden now you're sort of, you've had a bubble around you all the time or a little force field because you always have your guitar strapped on you. So, so, <laughs> he does. so basically it, it's basically almost like it is a little bit of a shield because you can, you're always playing and people aren't going to come up and hug you with the guitar on. Maybe they it's do. Just,
2: it's its like a, it's like a, um, you know, safety blanket. Like when you're a kid, you know, it's just like, I feel naked without it. And I like, I'm, I'm one of those people that I really have to, I have to practice. You know, I, I, if I don't pick up a guitar every day, I'm, I get stale. So,
0: so there you go. Doug Aldrich has not just compared the band dead daisies to, um, deep purple. He's also compared himself to Linus. So, I mean, (laughs) Linus in his blanket, Linus in his blanket and Doug Aldrich in his guitar. And I see you have one with you right now. What guitar are we, uh, are we playing today? 59,
2: uh, a 59 reissue that I happened to see in a shop in LA. And I called, I, Gibson has always been really good to me. But I said, I don't, I don't ever need anything from you guys. I've got everything. I've got a bunch of stuff, you know, All Right. but I saw this guitar and it was, it was in a private, um, it was at Leo Scala. I don't know if you know Scala guitars, but Leo had it at his shop and he was going to do some aging to it and stuff. And I said, Whoa, 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 hold on. Let me just, let me just see. And I called the, CEO, Cesar, and said, listen, I know I told you I'd never needed anything, but I fell in love. I played it yesterday, and I can't stop thinking about it. It's now another day has gone by. And what would it take for me to acquire that? To get, can I tell me the price or whatever I got to do? But I need that guitar. And he's, we worked it out. Yeah. So, so what, great, is it uh,
0: early 2000s <laughs> reissue? This is, a, no, this is 2000, I believe
2: it would be a, two, this would be a COVID guitar. It was during COVID 2020. Uh-huh. Looks and good. Uh, Leo Scala does some work with, with Gibson and um, he was going to do some work on this and I snatched it.
0: Before. Nice. Yeah. Well, now Glenn, do you have a, a, a base in your hotel room or are you kind of just like, you know, I, I know I, how to play bass. I've, I, I've I'm,
1: a, I'm an avid practice man myself. Um. Yeah. I've got a couple of bass. So I've got maybe two is our and Mark Magnet. My- he gave to me. Thank you, Gibson. Gibson's my, my love, as you know. Um, I'm always playing, you know, I, I, you know, uh, people know, I I really do love playing bass guitar. It's part of who I am. How,
0: what, what what was the thing that uh, first turned you on to bass guitar? Because, you know, back in the days, you know, you know, it's, it was always that the posters on the wall were usually guitarists. But then, you know, Phil and Ott, uh, yeah, you know, a, a few other, you know, rock, who were your rock and roll bass heroes growing up? And who was the one that said, oh, I want to play those four strings? Yeah,
1: I mean, wh- when I was a, a kid, I was a guitar player um, in, in my early teens. And then I got a chance to switch over to playing bass with a, a professional band. Who I had, I had to learn to play bass in 24 hours, switching from six strings to four strings, which was quite remarkable. Um, my early influence was Paul McCartney. There I am, at age 17, by the way. Is that,
0: is look, that at, any, look at, look
1: at nice the size. Blue, love it. Look, Ryan, look at the size of that J bass. I, I must have been so tiny. Look at the size of that Jay Bates.
0: I, I can't get, I can't get bass looking at the blue velour. Oh, you know, is that, a, been, is, is that uh, a whole
1: suit? Uh, <laughs> if you know me, I've always been wearing velvet. Uh, I'm a velvet nut. So for me, it was uh, Paul McCartney and uh, from Detroit, James Jameson, my two faves. Wow. Those are great. You know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and from there, it just took on. And, and were you always fronting the band and singing or did you start off like in the background, as, as as a lot of bass players do, but then, you know, then, then you moved up into the... Because every bass player that fronts a band seems to be incredibly, incredibly talented.
1: I came from a, a, a background where I was a bass-playing second singer. In Trapeze, we had, you know, a bunch of singers, but I was not the lead singer. That wasn't the front man. I was playing bass and singing it. There you go. A That's couple a of songs. In that, in that trio there, Ryan, I was the lead singer. I, was, I found myself singing background vocals for about two or three years, and all of a sudden the manager said, Glenn, we think that you may be the lead singer of the band moving forward. <laughs> so they pushed me out front, and we came to America in 1970 as a teenager, and we opened for the Moody Blues. And... That's where I found my feet as a lead singing bass player. And we know shortly afterwards, after two or three years of that, I joined Deep Purple in 1973.
0: One of the the few meetings that didn't happen at the Sunset Marquee.
1: It didn't happen. (laughs) It happened in the Essex House in Central Park. Of
0: course it did. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Uh, Most of our big meetings happen at like, you know, Starbucks. Or something yeah. like yeah. right, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> i've been truly
1: blessed ryan to to have lived a life as a, a lead singing bass player you know people ask me about you know do you want to stop playing bass uh, i i do some stuff at kings of Chaos where i just sing because duff's playing bass but i i just love singing and playing uh, i just love it it's
0: well,
1: who glenn hughes
0: is you're the last of the Mohicans, I'm telling you, man. The, you know, if you want to say the Lemmys, the Phil Lanats, the, the Stings of the world, even, I, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of, a, I'm thinking about it as we talk. I'm a fan of almost every band that has a bassist as their lead singer. Oh, I thank you. Even, wasn't Ben Orr from the Cars? Yes,
1: a lovely really? fellow, lovely man, sweet oh. guy, wonderful and guy. And there's Rush.
0: Oh, that, well, there you Eddie go. Eddie Lee? That's true.
1: You missed okay. Get Out. Cream, Get <laughs> Out.
0: Wow. Okay. we very go fortunate. On to, I think I think the chat room is going to go afire right now with uh, singing bass players right now. But the, the only one that matters right now, folks, is Glenn Hughes, because he's here with us from the <laughs> Dead Daisies, as well as Glenn Aldrich. Um, we are going to take a tiny, tiny little commercial break, if you don't mind, to take 60 seconds out of your life uh, of to uh, fulfill one of our sponsors that we have, the lovely Beyerdynamic microphones that we have um, that we're using in headphones. Uh, Vic, why don't you run that? And we'll come back with a little bit more of the Dead Daisies. Yeah. Hello, Ryan Roxy here, host of the In the Trenches podcast, and I also play guitar for Alice Cooper. I just wanted to take a second to talk about what, Mike, you're hearing me speak through, and what headphones I choose to listen to all my audio with. My go to podcast and live performance mic is this TG V70 Dynamic Vocal Mic. And when I'm recording acoustic stuff, I'll always mic it up with the Biodynamic M160 Double Ribbon Mic. I listen to everything with the DT1770 Pro headphones, unless I'm out and about. That's when the Evento wireless headphones really make listening to music, podcasts, or any other audio app that's on my phone ultra high fidelity and latency free check out their official site or the links below in the description of this video to find out more about what makes biodynamic a musician's choice in pro audio mics and headphones now let's get back into the trenches for some more rock and roll enjoy the show enjoy the ride
1: let's go. get back into the trenches yes good <laughs> stuff there all <laughs> right let's stuff. Stuff. get into mm-hmm. the kids
0: You want to get into the trenches? I want to get into the new album. We're here with uh, Glenn Hughes, Doug Aldrich. If you are uh, listening to us on an audio broadcast, thank you very much for doing it. But get on over to the YouTube official channel. That's Ryan Roxy Official. And get into our live chat right now. Um, I see you, Fred. I see you, Elaine. I see you, Jackie. I see you, Keen. I see you, James. We see all of you there. Yes, we 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 do. And your voices will be heard very, very shortly. But now it's time for our main event of what we're talking about, and this is the fifth studio album, uh, "Holy Ground," out in 2021. Dead Daisies. There's a single already out uh, that people can go. Not now, after the podcast. All the links will be <laughs> in the description below. Below, but or you can actually go out and see them um, in Florida. I believe right um, Bessa, now, nice looking vinyl right now. Are you guys playing tonight? We are. We are playing
1: at the culture room in Fort Lauderdale. And tomorrow we're playing at Janice live in St. Petersburg.
0: Damn. I wish I knew where we were playing. We're in Chicago. We're playing somewhere in Chicago, folks.
1: <laughs> Just I love go Chicago.
0: On. We were there two weeks ago. It was fantastic. It is great. It's good weather outside, but you know what? I don't care. I'm, I'm happy in my little hotel room. Um, I'm looking out at these, at these, big old buildings right now and uh hanging out talking some rock and roll. I want to talk about the new album, uh Holy Ground. How was it to record during these times? Um you spoke earlier, Glenn, about these demos that you made, these three demos. Yeah. Are those were those three songs did they make uh the album at the very end or did you end up Yes, writing- they did.
1: Um when Doug and I got together um very early, I, I came up with a couple of ideas and so did Doug. And then we worked them out before we went to Sunset Sound. Um, uh, Funny enough, one one of those songs is Holy Ground, the the title track of the album. The other one is Unspoken. And I can't remember. What's the third song? Righteous Days, I think. Righteous Days. Righteous Days, yeah. Those three songs, Ryan, were the first acid test to see if it was going to work. And with those three songs that did make the album, we all thought this was going to work. So we were so very, very happy.
0: Great. Great. And, and, and was it was it a process where you did it um, separately, came in, did your tracks, or did you all record it together old school? How did it work? Old up? school.
1: We, huh? we, old went, school. Uh,
2: we went to the south of France and holed up in an amazing, beautiful um, Chateau. Chateau. And we—it's we <laughs> only there, the you know. dead
0: daisies would. <laughs> that is well,
2: it, it was actually—it ended up being cheaper than recording in L.A. because you know you right. think about hotel rooms and whatever. But no, it, there's a, there's definitely a, a great thing. Especially Glenn was coming into the band; it was very important to him to, for us to gel and him to feel comfortable. And so we we just hold up together there, and we we uh, would play music all day, and then we'd have a meal together at night, and start the next day, and. It, We'd record live, track live together, which I think really mm-hmm. makes a difference. Of course, you know, everybody now you, you can do it you could
0: be Low in uh, wherever. Yeah, but this but is if, the way to do it, folks. But don't and, you yeah. think
1: it's important, Ryan, when you know, you of the new guy it was me and to to interact with the band environment in this wonderful shelf.
0: The fact that you can get the, the the name chateau into the story, I think, is yeah, very important it, as yeah, well.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's on Bustle and Flow. I sing about in the white chateau in the Bustle and Flow. <laughs> why, why wouldn't I do that? So it's a song about living with my mates in a chateau. What? It was a, a mate again. Yeah. This album, this is the the biggest selling album to date. So we're very very excited and very happy. Thank you, everyone.
0: That's bought the record and ordered the record. That's great. The thing is, um, you were mentioning, we were talking about old school and new school. The old school way, and I think probably the correct way for bands to record, is that one room environment. Yes, and we're we're going to do that with the Alice record after this uh, tour is over. We're all getting together in Nashville in a, in a place exactly that's going to look very similar to yes. that picture right there with the dead daisies, um, and that's where you hash out you hash out your parts because someone's going to hear your idea and then they're going to either add to it or maybe give a little bit of constructive con- con- uh, criticism, criticism to it or try and you know they're going to. Whatever is going to happen, it's going to elevate what what finally is the proper song. Correct. And I think if that is the way that uh, hopefully the new school of, of recording artists can uh, sort of grab from from our old school uh, generations, because there is something about the magic that happens. And you can that translates on stage, too, because I, I feel that sort of um connection with the musicians after not playing with them for almost 18 months yeah (laughs) when when we got back up on the stage together is isn't it a great feeling to like go oh that's that you know those are my guitar players and i'm their guitar player and there's my drummer and he's you know vice versa and there's our singer owning it so did you guys have that same feeling when you played that first live show back
1: absolutely yeah we did
0: it was, yeah, it was nice. we were in
2: Florida. That, it was in uh West Palm Beach, I think was the first one. It was. And it was just like it was surreal. It was over so it felt like it just blew right by. It's crazy. I love it.
0: Well, folks, you saw the uh purple vinyl that was available. Is that now available on the uh Dead Daisies website as we speak? Or is it coming out as a... it is. Okay. It's been out so you can pre order it or it's is out. it is out? Okay, it's out, it's ready out. to go. Mm-hmm. All right. by the time you're watching this it's 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 out there to the world um, we're going to talk a little bit more about it later but now it's time for the people to speak it is time for our people to speak they've uh, been compiling questions all week there was a lot of them this week we had to sort of narrow them okay. down and uh, this is a little segment we call Let the People Speak Hallelujah. Questions from the chat room. Here we go. And you guys can feel free to which one you wants to answer them. Some of them are uh, pointed at uh, you guys directly, but some of them are just general. Um, Our first question is from at the Milky Way. Uh, How did the name Dead Daisies come about? You know, perhaps, I mean... Who knows? Maybe we should we I, should have David Lowry have a taped in segment about how this. Or yeah. does anyone know what yeah. Dead Daisies came from? Does anyone know that it was, story?
2: It's basically you know when he first started to, to um, put the band together and start to write some songs. He was writing with a singer called John Stevens, and who was on the first Dead Daisies album. And John had went to get a checkup and went back to uh, his home, and then the doctor called and said, "You need to get right in right now. Your your heart." If you got a blockage or something, and if you're not back, you're going to be pushing up daisies, and so pushing up daisies basically meaning you know you're going to be dead. So that's how it came to the dead daisies.
0: None more black, none (laughs) more black. You like? Yes. (laughs) So the cheery story about the dead daisies came together, folks, and um, we are moving on to our next question from at better rock and roll seventy seven. Who, by the way. We got to give a big shout out to Fetter Rock for helping out with today's script. She's done an amazing job and getting because uh, she's way into all the uh, all the pageantry of what is dead daisies. She loves the history. And you know what? Glenn is just playing guitar riffs for you now. Fetter Rock. I love it. Her question is, what's the secret to keeping a super group in harmony? And perhaps, Glenn, this might be mm. your thing, being that you are the super group whisperer. Oh, my dear. Um, f- for me, it's
1: it's not isolating at all with uh, uh, family members. I call any band, I in mean, is a family, as you know, Ryan. It has to be a family. Uh, not, no isolation, uh, no secrets. Um, to try and get together as much as you can on tour. Uh, no murmuring and no what have you, no cavorting. Taking care of yourself mentally, bodily, spiritually, emotionally—it's very, very important. But keep an open mind and get together with your brothers and sisters whenever you can. You, you, Ryan, you—you're basically in a super group too. You know, all you guys
2: have um, come from someplace else, and it's really about being respectful to each other. And and it's like you got to have harmony, you got to have respect and and uh, kindness, you know. And like for me and Glenn, we're we're at, we're truly buddies, you know. Glenn's the only guy that I saw during the lockdown and COVID. Yeah, Doug
1: and I are close, close mates. Been so for so many years.
0: In fact, that you guys have painted your rooms exactly the same color. Exactly
1: the same. Can you believe it? We didn't know we didn't, we didn't know we were going to be sitting in the I, I didn't spot. know Doug was going to be in this section of the, of the room. So
0: <laughs> come on, we could just tell the folks that they have matching houses. That's how close of buddies they are. Everything is symmetrical with their thing. Uh, but we're, we're from different hotel rooms across the U S right now. The dead daisies are now tour on tour in Florida and, uh, Alice Cooper, Ace Freely tour is heading down there pretty soon, but we are up in uh, Chicago Midwest and uh, we're just dipping our toes back into the uh, touring world right now. And there's the Vic, our producer, Vic Chalfant. Thank you very much. For putting up those tour dates. If you want to go check out more tour dates for Alice Cooper, just go to uh, ryanroxycom slash tour. Um, and where do, where, where can people find out about uh, dead daisies tour dates?
1: Uh, dead daisies.com Ryan. Uh, it's everywhere uh, yeah your social you medias
0: you're putting up there okay. you go com. it's global <laughs> <laughs> moving on to more folks uh, more of letting the people speak because we've been speaking the whole time at Anders Lindholm oh question for Doug Doug do you still stick to your Marshall amps over modern units or what is your amp of choice company these days
2: yeah, it is. I still have my old. I got a '79 Marshall and a '78. that's a clone. I got '78. I got that off of Warren D. Martini a long time ago. Wow, that's a good one. And Uh-oh. it's one that I've used those mm-hmm. all and every tour and every record.
0: So you're, you're a Marshall guy, straight through and through. Uh, myself, I've I've sort of. Um, gravitated towards the, I'd, I like to call them the Marshal of Germany, Hughes and Kentner. Oh, nice. And, and Glenn will be happy because it's a yes. Hughes and Kentner. Yes. Um, I used this uh, Black Spirit uh, floor model and it kind of for me it gives the best of the old school and the new school it's got new uh new school technology but uh, old school sound um glenn what are you using as far as uh amplification oh, these days? i'm an orange man
1: uh, Orange, always, right always there you since go. the
0: beginning since i've got since. an
1: i've got a signature glenn uh bass combo there you can see it, it's in, in purple as you can imagine which is doing fantastic it's selling really well it's a the Glenn's signature sound, a lot of uh, gain, if you will. I, I like to play with some gain. Not heavily distorted gain is important for me. I use the Tiny Terra base amps, 1,000 watts each, and I also use two AD200 amps as well.
0: I love those ones, those Tiny Terras. Uh, the only thing I'm very surprised about, Glenn, is that your, uh, your cabinets didn't come instead of Tolex in uh, purple velvet. velvet yeah
1: <laughs> well you know orange have been very grateful i so said you can have any any color you wish so maybe we'll maybe yeah. we'll have some velvet cabinets come out that <laughs> velvet cool. cabinets. that would I be cool you.
0: guaranteed hey, the hey, last one gig
2: hey ryan <laughs> also we should say because we mentioned about marshall and we have a we have a uh competition going on right now at that is, you can check it out on the on the Dead Daisy socials. It's with Marshall, and if you win, you get to win a um, twenty watt Origin amp. I, th- I think Anita knows those amps really good, and um, yeah, and 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 then I'm gonna do a lesson, private lesson for the winner. So.
0: Oh, okay. Wow, that's great. Okay, so j- you know, just go, again back to deaddaisies.com for Doug's uh, Marshall giveaway. Um, you can check obviously Glenn's orange uh, sites for his uh, upcoming purple velvet cabinet, possibly. And uh, you can always go to Hughes and Kentner for my uh, world of the Black Spirit 200. So we've all pretty much covered our amp companies right now. Thank you, Anders, for that question. They Thanks, got it. Us- it was able for us to drop our, our, in, you know, endorsement and aims without sounding too much. Like we're, you know, hard selling anybody or upselling anybody except for the purple velvet cabinet. <laughs> <of those, man. laughs> All right. Here we have one more question or a couple more questions at Nicholas Lasanti official Glenn. How did black Sabbath fans react to you as a front man? Do you wish your stint lasted longer? Oh, my dear. You know,
1: uh, okay, all those people that remember that. Uh, Tony was making, uh, going to make a solo album in 1985. Myself, uh, my dear friend Ronnie James Dewar, may rest in peace, I love you, and miss you, Ronnie. And Rob Halford were all going to sing a couple of songs each. I was the first guy to go down to Cherokee Studios in Hollywood to do a couple of songs with Tony. And I, I, I wrote and sang a couple of songs in the first night, and I asked, he asked me to come back the next day, and it kept going and going and going, and I ended up being the only singer on that solo album. On the last song, Don Arden, Sharon's father, who was managing Tony at the time, suggested with Warner Brothers that we change, we keep, we should call it Black Sabbath featuring Tony Iommi. So it was really, it wasn't a Tony Iommi album anymore. It was a Black Sabbath album called Seventh Star. It. Was a time for me where I was changing lifestyles, if you will. So it was a difficult time for me. Um, being at Black Sabbath was not uh, something I wanted to do. I was trying to help Tony out doing his solo album, but I enjoyed working with Tony, and we've still we've done made three albums with Tony now. So uh, long may that continue.
0: Wow! One of the first jobs I ever had in Hollywood was. Working the night shift at Cherokee Studios. So there what, year, you go. what was that? What was that? Uh it's not that far from the Sunset Marquee folks. Correct. Just down the street. <laughs> <laughs> what, but what year was that that you were you were there making 1985? That, that was 1985. right around the time. I moved to Los Angeles in eighty-three and I think I got a job right, right around that time. So I might have been the one cleaning up your uh studios, and there was a lot of stuff to clean up there was, <laughs> there was a, young man There was a, a lot of dust a lot of dust all around the consoles and everything that I always have to <laughs> no comment ryan no freaking comment <laughs> i love it so here we go one more question we have from at addy underscore amazing07 i think this is a great question for both of you how do both of you keep your hair looking so great there it is it's
2: it's it doesn't look great every day. Some days you have good hair days, and some days you have bad. But Glenn and I both like—we have
1: uh, it's like
2: you wash your hair, you wash your hair, and it's not great till you sleep on it for a couple
1: of days, and then it becomes like yeah, the perfect true. time. You
2: hair. try and time it, time it out with photos and everything. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I I said Ryan about twelve years ago. Um, I was sure, I said I would never grow my hair again, and when I look back at I'm also in a band with Joe Bonamassa called Black Country Communion. So I look at the footage of myself with short hair. And I'm going, okay. Then I did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, as you can imagine. Remember in 19, 2016, and my hair was short. And I'm looking, going, I'm the only man in the building with short hair in a rock band. <laughs> so since 2016, growing I've been
0: growing
1: Now, and I'm not planning on having it cut
0: anytime soon. Oh, there it is. There's that shot there of course, it is. If, if it's gonna happen, but, Vic is gonna find it. It's on that but, evil thing we call the internet. I want to say though that the Glenn evil is, internet, man.
1: but my hair was very Glenn, short in two thousand and sixteen, and it's now long again. so there you go.
2: yeah, but you' you're very stylish, no matter what you were doing, Glenn. always you can pull it you off Glenn. Style.
0: yeah
1: right, it's a lot of work. let me tell you
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um. I was going to say you might have matching conditioners and stuff like that. What I'm doing these days for for my sort of hair care product before I go on stage is I just basically dump my head in the shower and then kind of towel dry it lightly and then stick a bunch of like gel and product in, so yeah. it looks like. So it looks like I'm already sweating before I get on stage. So at least if, if it do, if I don't play good, at least people know I'm working really hard. Or have the <laughs> when I when hard.
1: I said it's a lot of work, cool. it's not a lot of work. It it really is. You I wash my hair. I go on stage and it, all of a sudden the light and the sweat happen and it's like, oh my god, what's happening in my hair? And and uh, I don't wash it every day. No into hair. I wash it every three or four days. Uh, that's. <laughs> because the the peak time is after it's been two days sleeping
2: on yeah. it with sweat
0: and then yeah, and then I... then,
2: you, then it kind of it kind of ha- does its thing but so right I... out of the shower it's like
0: you know S- so everyone's going to be talking. talking about this podcast. So what was the takeaway from it? Well, you know, they come from these big iconic bands, and every you know, we talked all about the these iconic amplifiers. But mostly, I got hair care product.
1: The sweaty <laughs> hairlock, Naomi. You're right. The sweaty hairlock. It's, it's right now. This moment.
0: I kind of, I kind of did that a little bit before today, just to just so you people watching on the YouTube official channel would would know that I'm working hard on this interview with the Dead Daisies. Of course, Glenn Hughes, Doug Ulrich. Um That's you people that have asked those questions. Thank you very much. And because you, you guys are so supportive of the show and these guys in Dead Daisies, every week we have a fan of the week. So this is. A a great way to wrap up Let the People Speak with announcing this week's Fan of the Week. Vic, who is it? The week is, we'll take that down, that comment, Vic, because I can't read it. There you go. Jess Harrell, uh, who had made this amazing photo of me. Uh oh, cool. Artwork. She sent it up. I appreciate I try to post every piece of artwork that's up on there. Thank you very much for doing that. Um, there was definitely a lot of people that uh, helped support this show, uh, support this episode with the Dead Daisies, uh, Glenn Hughes, Doug Aldrich. Um, so, We're going to get to you. Don't worry. We're going to get to you. But right now we have to talk about one thing. The one thing, the one that got away. Yeah. I want to talk about the one that got away. We'd like to thank the bassist of Fallout Boy for being in that video, and you know he pulled off short hair as well. So maybe that was Glenn Hughes with short hair. We don't know. Oh, it might be. Ha <laughs> ha. Or it could have been me because I have the black nail polish. Folks, this is the first time I've worn hey, look black at nail polish in 18 nails. months. Were they purple? Purple velvet? What is uh, it?
1: Blue. Uh, they're blue and blue and orange. Turquoise uh, and orange. I've been wearing no. it like this for 15 years. I can't. I can't Did help you- myself. Did you wear it during the pandemic? Because
0: I did not put of on course. black nail polish. See,
1: I did uh, not. I I did. I went well. Uh, no, I couldn't get to see my manicurist for a while. But we're talking about hair
0: and nails, people. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Glenn Hughes beauty tips from Glenn Hughes. Uh, you know what? I don't <laughs> think Doug Aldrich has ever painted his nails, even back in the uh, hurricane days. Did you? Have you? Are you? Painted nails. Mm. I mean, maybe, maybe messing around, with me.
2: just out of you know, some. Maybe I don't, I don't remember. I don't know if I had any pictures. Of it, but, I don't know what I'm um, into. I always was thought it was long. really cool. I was young. I, I needed the money. It was really cool, to, <laughs> Glenn. <laughs> now Glenn's always had that thing, and and I thought it just recently. I was asking him, does that mean something? That's actually. Um, oh, look at Hurricane.
0: That's an old Robert day. The hurricane. Though. But look yeah, at that. Not really Go go back. That, that's a that's a shot of when um I first met Doug. No, that's um, not.
2: That's not. That's a shot. I'm not in that picture right there. Wait, that's uh, That's that's Tony Cavazo, the blonde hair. That's right. But it's that's okay. okay. It's, it's no, okay. that's our producer
0: just throwing me under the bus as always. No, but there was <laughs> a fly, there was a flyer, Vic, that we had of of the show, and uh, it was Electric Angels, and I think Federox sent it over. But did we, Did you have a chance to put it up? There you go. Now is that there with you, you go. Doug? See? Yes,
2: that's me on the right. And I will say that people, there is, there's the most put together person on that tour was Ryan. Ryan, these <laughs> these guys would come out of their van. They were touring with us. We had a, we were fortunate enough to have a bus. You guys were on a van and you'd pull up to the gig, come open the door and there's Ryan dressed to the nines and the in other velvet.
0: guys. And it, See, yeah, I hope velvet. so. I was a Glenn Hughes fanatic, uh, you know, style-wise in the early in my early twenties. The thing is, Glenn has kept with it, you know. Me, I've sort of like sort of, I've I, I've gotten more hotel room and sweats, and then during the pandemic, you know, the <laughs> fact that I the fact that I wore pants was a, a major major thing, a major accomplishment. So yeah, I'm I'm getting back, I'm ramping up again now that my we're dad on tour.
1: Was a, my dad was a style freak. Is it what? My dad was a fashionista, so I get it from him. Perfect. perfect.
0: <laughs> now, w- w- but along with along with fashion, though, you guys are keeping yourselves in shape, and that's always Got an it. important thing. Got um, it. Like, are you guys Are you guys hitting the gym? Are you he, doing? Um, well, wow, you can we see, can...
1: dog is dog's definitely hitting the gym. I I work. I I run five miles a day. I'm 148 pounds.
0: Holy smokes! How many stones? healthy. Is how many stone is that, Glenn?
1: Uh, ten stone, uh, ten stone six.
0: <laughs> Damn, it sounds always better <laughs> like that. So the thing is, that's a rare sh- that's a rare sighting of a picture with Doug without a guitar on. So so th- that's what he's hiding. Ladies. They caught me. He's, he's well, hiding. That's not, Maybe that's not ladies and that gentlemen, that's what he's hiding. That's look at that. A couple six packs right underneath no, there. Always. No, there's like a two
2: pack, but I'll tell you, it was <laughs> difficult when I got back, when we got back in June and we started to rehearse and stuff, I hadn't, you know, during COVID, I put some, I put some weight around the belly and I was we starting to try good. and work on it. And then I started getting into rehearsal, throwing shapes and all of a sudden something clicked in my back and I had a sciatic problem. So I couldn't, I was really struggling. I'd have to like wake up in the middle of the night, take a hot shower to get, finally my guy, I got a sports guy in LA and he sorted me out. Now I'm actually able to go to the gym and uh, you know, do decent workouts and stuff. And I, you know, I, I just try him, you know, the older you get, the harder you got to work.
0: Glenn will be very proud of the fact that when I lived in New York city in the uh, late eighties, early nineties, I had a huge sciatic problem because I wore boots. 24 uh-huh, I, hours a day, I get it. Like I really get it. tight little boots, and I'd walk around New York City. I didn't yeah. know I didn't I didn't own a pair of sneakers. So it was all in the name of fashion that I had my sciatic, and it's the worst. Sciatic pain is the worst, right?
2: Yeah. Doug. It was rough. Yeah, but I remember you had some really cool boots when you were with electric angels too. And you used to, man. On stage, you were like the Tasmanian Devil, just tearing it up. It was great. I, I, not a
0: Tasmanian I, I, Devil. <laughs> <laughs> some sort of cross between, some sort of weird science project between Rick Nielsen, Johnny Thunders, Andy McCoy, and Chuck Berry. I would say those guys were not I mean, a bad it, it, mix. Especially Chuck, Chuck Berry being like sort of the godfather of all those moves and stuff like that. You know, just not like not in bad. the same way that uh, Glenn had, you know, McCartney to look up to. I, I, I have the old school. Uh, guys as well who was your who was your guitar hero growing up doug i mean
2: jeff beck and jimmy page jimmy hendrix the, you know these guys eventually i discovered my one of my all-time favorites gary moore yeah and um and then you know eddie and randy just both smoked me just blew my ass away and stevie Ray Vaughan and uh and now the, the new guys i mean like joe bonamassa is one of the greatest out there um there's a bunch of new guys too like Jared James Nichols, Nick Perry, and uh, but my influence is, if I had to go pound for pound—the one guy is Jimmy Page because it was—it was everything. And the what a shock!
0: We play a Les Paul. Mm-hmm. What a shocker, right? We play the guitars that our uh, our guitar heroes uh, played. As Normally,
2: well. I, I I like a gold top. That's my my favorite is the gold top. But this is a really nice sunburst, so it's a really um, nice one. Wow. I, I'm happy to have it with me right now. But a, a gold—the gold Les Paul is for me quintessential Les Paul.
0: Well, being that we got into all this fashion and working out athletic uh, tips and stuff like that, we veered away a little bit from the one that got away, but I'm bringing it back. Because okay. the one that got away is about a piece of gear, and now that we're back on equipment, mm-hmm. a piece of gear, uh, whether it can be an amplifier, a guitar, or even just an effect, a pedal effect, that you... Wish you still had, but was either lost, stolen, uh, had to sell it. So I think we should go with Glenn first. Do you have that okay. one that got away for you?
1: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, do you remember the bass I was playing on the Deep Purple tour in nineteen seventy-four, seventy-five? It's a natural finish P bass. But yes, the, the, the same one that? at Cal Jam, California Jam, uh, in. 1977 uh, in London to Chicago, and my bait. There you go. And my base didn't show up in Chicago, and somebody had nicked it, stolen it. About somewhere year,
0: between somewhere between where it, it, it
1: didn't show up in the term. It didn't show up in the terminal of, in Chicago O'Hare Airport. A year later, I got a call from somebody in Texas who got the bass asking me if I'd like to buy it back. And I had a, I freaked out going, you've got my bass and you want me to buy it back? <laughs> but that bass was an iconic bass. It's a 1962 P bass as the same one as you see on, on the California Jam video. Yeah, that one I, I'm so still last missing. Last seen
0: thing. in Texas, or last last known whereabouts was somewhere in Texas, and I, I'm assuming you refused to buy it back because that that sounds like i extortion.
1: I I I refuse to buy it back. Um, I've had to live without it. I've had two bases made to look similar to it that I play when I do the Deep Purple Legacy shows. So people ask me, "Is that the original?" No, it's not. I wish I had the original. I know you're out there, my P bass. Come home to
0: daddy. Come home to daddy. Daddy's waiting. You know what? <laughs> Let's try and solve the mystery because the, the bass guitar had to make its way somewhere from Chicago O'Hare Airport down to Texas. Yeah. And it just so happens that Alice Cooper is freely tonight live in Chicago. Hello? So check it out. If you have any information about Glenn Hughes's Base that was lost in what was 1973? 1977. So it was 1970 Oh wow, 77. Yeah, it's, not, it's just a couple of years, just a couple of years ago. If you have any information about that, <laughs> no questions asked, you'll get free tickets to the show, and we'll and we'll try and track that base down to that home address. Thank in you, Ryan, Texas. Thank anybody out there? The can, can you help me? Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Fine Glenn's base. Um, so here we go. What's the one that got away for you, Mr. Duck Ulrich?
2: Well, there's there's a couple. The first one is my very first Gold Top got away, and I, I sold it and bought a bought a Star guitar. That was I was just like <laughs> like a know. Charvel. Yeah, oh, that wow. was the worst. That was that's the worst one. The first my first, you know, the, the Gold Top. My sister's boyfriend was selling a Gold Top, and I had a Sears copy guitar that looked like this, and I thought this was a, called a Gold Top, but this is a Sunburst. So he goes, I'm selling my gold top. And I, I said, okay, I got half the money. And my mom gave me the other half. And I um, opened it up and I'm like, cool, it says Gibson. All right. And I looked down and I go, whoa, whoa that's, what color is that? He goes, that's gold top. I go, oh, I thought uh, it didn't matter. I wanted it. It was a Les Paul. So I lost that guitar. But another one that was also very, the second most important one, which we talked about earlier, was a, a 68P bass that I acquired from Andy Johns, you know, the producer, he's, he's not with us anymore, but he, he worked, he worked with everyone from, he was a tape operator for Hendrix, and he worked on Zeppelin albums, and he worked with Cinderella, maybe you worked with him before, because he worked at Cherokee a lot. Yes, Um, yes. And he, he had that bass right there, it's a 68 Kelly bass, and it was always at his house, we'd hang out at his place, and it was always on the floor, in a corner, like, it was just not being taken care of. And I said, Andy, I'm going to take, I'm going to get that bass off you one day. And he says, no, you fucking aren't, you know? And <laughs> one day he called me, he goes, Doug, I need the Les Paul for my son. And I said, okay, I'll trade you. And I had a black custom and I traded in the black custom for that guitar. And then later, then that bass was, it was so killer. And I don't know why I did it, um, but I, I traded it at Norm's Rare Guitars for a, a, a 1970 Martin D35, like the kind of that. That, those are um, great guitars
0: though too those are great guitars too yeah. yeah it
2: had half brazilian wood on it and it and it sounded amazing but I just now in hindsight I really miss that bass
0: okay so is it in so and right now whereabouts unknown for that
2: whereabouts unknown because it went i i'm sure that we could probably track it down um and I've been known to do that once in a while but um i it's it got sold out of norms and that bass actually one time I did a session with um Bob Daisley and Bob, the guy who wrote Crazy Train and played yeah. with Ozzy in the beginning,
0: and Bob Bob, like, Bob yeah. Daisley was the guy. Uh, Bob Daisley was was the guy that was at my Alice Cooper audition. Eric Singer oh, on okay. drums, Bob Daisley on Bob Daisley on bass, and Alice sitting on the couch, and then one guitar player going in. And this is how rock and roll is so intertwined. Yeah. The guitarist that I ended up getting that first Alice Cooper gig with, Reb Beach. No way. Yeah. So maybe, very...
2: and, and, and it turns out that Red Beach has Glenn's pee P- 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 and my telly
0: base uh, what? right now. Red Beach, <laughs> you're, what? you've been the suspect the whole time. What a naughty bloke. But he'll tell you a funny story and you'll forget all about it, though. See That's, oh, the that's right. That, that's his uh, secret power. Oh, yeah, yeah. O- over a Coors Light, you know, that's what it is. There it is. Yeah. There's it. my baby. Ryan, there it is.
1: There's my girl.
0: Is that that Cal Jam? That's
1: 1974, and somebody stole it in 1977. Hello. (laughs)
0: We we have a full task force working. We have top men working on the return of Glenn Hughes' base. Come on.
1: I've got heavy thumbs for you.
0: (laughs) So here we go, folks. We've talked a lot about equipment. We've talked a lot about hair products, apparently. And uh, now we're going to wrap things up because we're going to talk a little bit about touring because... Uh, the Dead Daisies are on tour in support of their newest album and uh Alice Cooper and Ace Freely's uh on tour as well so Good. Ho- holy ground the dead daisies hopefully we will uh somehow either tour together or our yeah, past will no. cross yeah alice mentioned that yeah alice
1: said he that would be nice uh give him give him my best to alice tonight would you? Uh,
0: actually you know what i will and and the the rest of the band i told them that uh I actually missed out on golf, folks, today. Oh, dear. missed out on golf because of the darn Chicago time change. I couldn't work it out. I would have meant I would have had to golf at like I five. I know. A.m. But um, Chuck and Alice say uh, hey, they're, they're say they're hey, golf buddies. Chuck Garrick says to say hello. Give give you say the Ch- Hey Chuck,
1: I met Chuck a couple of weeks ago.
0: I love it. I love it. But but uh, hopefully our our paths cross in 2022 because uh, there are rumors, and I don't know if they're rumors just now or if it's a complete fact that you will tour with Judas Priest for their 50th anniversary. Is yeah, that, is that happening?
1: Yeah, in yeah. Europe, there's some stadium uh, shows. Hungary, Slovenia, yeah.
0: Greece, Bulgaria, Romania.
1: Yeah, you, that's you, been, Rob's a good, really old friend of mine. A really good, good friend of mine.
0: Rob's been on the uh, podcast before, so Mm -hmm. you know what? I'm sure he says hello as well. And next week, our guest on In the Trenches, uh, Will, I'm sure someone that you have a story with. Oh, is it a mystery guest? No no way. No way. It's not a mystery guest because I'm going to say it. I'm going to give it out because I have such a hard time pronouncing his name. I went to the Internet to do it. Let's see if you guys can hear this. One more time. Udo Dirk Schneider. Was? Udo <laughs> Dirk, Dirk Schneider. Was <laughs> Dirk
2: Schneider.
0: Hello, Udo. So there's a mystery we guest. Um, I, I I just let the cat out of the bag. We usually wait until uh, a couple days later to announce the next guest. But you know what? I've had so much fun using that name, Dirk Schneider, and saying it uh, for this whole entire morning but i've even had a better time talking with the guys from dead daisies folks and I'm you guys have been so supportive in the chat the whole entire Thank time you, man. hey if anybody wants to get in touch with dead daisies one last uh shout out with all the uh social medias where would they go doug for those listening on audio broadcast
2: today it looks like on instagram at the dead daisies and then. Facebook is the dead daisies, and then it looks like Twitter is at the dead daisies, and YouTube, the dead daisies. We they want. We've got a bunch of crazy videos. We've got a. Um, we've got Oliver Half and on tour with us, collecting all kinds of outtakes and fun stuff. So you can check it out on YouTube, and then Glenn and I are both on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. So check that out if you can. Exactly. And and Ryan, I certainly do hope that one day um, we could do some shows together because. Um, it's always fun watching you. you that the lineup you got right now is insane. It is you, you, oh, and Nita and Chuck and it's Hep, a unit, it's man. Tommy
0: Hendrickson, Glenn Sobel, the foundation Tommy, yes. on, on those drums, and and of course we got. I always tell people we're the greatest tribute band in the world. We just happen to have the original singer. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, you guys, <laughs> you guys have been with them a long time. It's like you know that's a good that's a that's a solid lineup. That's Mark whatever you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, comparing you to Deep Purple. I've known
1: us for. A long, 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 long time, and he's always been splendid, a splendid Al's gentleman. Sweetheart, I, I got—I've I, only—we
2: toured with him when I was with White Snake, and I, I'll be honest—he, the band was smoking. It was—it was very difficult because um, he was—the band was just so on fire. But we had—we uh, had Thanksgiving together, so I can say I had. Al- Thanksgiving with Alice Cooper and his wife.
0: Love it it was great. The only other holiday more eventful is Halloween, obviously. But the, <laughs> thing, the thing is, I wish you guys uh, a lot of success with this Thank lineup you, and a lot of longevity with this lineup. I know uh, you guys are going to go back to your matching rooms, and uh, Doug's going to start <laughs> playing, practicing guitar for tonight's show somewhere in Florida. I think Fort Lauderdale, you said. we're. I'm going to go get ready and uh, have our show in uh, Chicago. And I'd like to leave everybody with this uh, parting, heading out to the highway words because uh, you guys have been in the trenches and uh, you've lived so much. You've stayed so many nights at the uh, Sunset Marquee. Is there anything, <laughs> any sort of takeaway that you can give to uh, the fans? Um, any sort of inspirational quote words to live by that you uh, that you sort of take in and would like to pass on to the, yes. in the trenches listeners?
1: I, Ryan, I, I say this quite often, that if we're having a bad day, if you will, uh, at work or college or university or any thing you do, uh, I always say, suggest get home, draw the blinds, put your headphones on and listen to the music that keeps you going, that love and gives you life and gives you and heals. Music is the healer, everyone. Music is the healer. I love it.
0: Those are great words to live by. Doug, you have anything to give to the folks?
2: I would just say, you know, try to, try to stay in the moment and not worry about what's happening tomorrow or yesterday. Just stay in the moment as best you can and, and know that, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. You know, we just move forward. And right now we're, we're definitely moving forward. So happy to see the fans coming out. And we want to thank you guys that have been coming to see us. We love you
0: yeah stay safe out there fans and 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 listeners and supporters of the of in the trenches of the dead daisies of alice cooper of everybody in rock and roll because you know what yeah this is one of those times where we're being challenged with uh, a bunch of a bunch of crap but we're we're working through it and we're staying staying and touring as safe as possible and you guys do the same thanks so much for being on both doug and glenn of the dead daisies thanks thank again. you ryan I- Hey, man, have a great one. And we'll see you next week, everybody, on in, in the Trenches. We Until love you when, out there. We there love you, goes. everybody out there. Thank you, rock <laughs> and roll fans everywhere across this. State. We love you. Glenn Hughes, Doug Aldridge, Dead Daisies. Until next time, I'm Ryan Roxy. Enjoy the ride. In
1: the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello.
0: Moby, give him his guitars back.